Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate Thurston, and over there on the air drums is Charles Chuck Thompson. See that little twirl? I saw that twirl, air man. Twirl? Those are so easy to do, and you don't actually have to play the drums, I've noticed. Well, you never know. I yeah. Mean, I'm not it's... very good at real drums, but mm-hmm. spectacular at air drums. Yeah. One of the best. Not bad. I'll never forget that story. I think we've told it before. (laughs) And I'll tell in a little bit. That's a great story. Great, great story. All right. Well, this is the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every day of the week when we want to. The the days where we don't are, are, you know, they're few and far between except for around the holiday season. And that really just goes for me because we never really know if Charlie's going to be here at all. Well, he's, he's T, he's, he's maybe, maybe he's going to show up. I'm kidding, man. You're here. Two days in a row. Yes. Killing it. This is a streak, is what they would call that. <laughs> this is know? a streak right now. <laughs> Two days in a row is a streak. <laughs> Look, sometimes life happens, and the greatest part about owning your own business is when life happens, you can decide when what you want to do. And that's part of pursuing a life full of liberty and meaning. Meaning is the important part. That's Yeah. That's Well, meaning gives you life, mm-hmm. and life gives you meaning. How about that? Isn't that... Isn't that something? Boom. You can put that, Isn't you that, can put quotes around that and put dash Charlie Thompson behind Isn't it. Isn't that right? the special? <laughs> Isn't that the special? You know, it is important to make sure that you know your why. I've had to focus on that because politics gets very stressful. Uh, the trading stuff can get stressful sometimes. All kinds of things can get really stressful. And you can decide, uh, well, I'm going to take some time off or maybe it's not going to get my time today. And what I have to do for every now and then is make sure I remember my why. Why do we do this podcast? All right? And it's not just for all the fat cash that comes in from the podcast. <laughs> you know, that's not what it is. It's not for the girls. It's not for any kind of that stuff. Thousands those are, of listeners. Those are just little bonuses on top of it. The real reason that we're doing the podcast is because I truly believe that free market capitalism is the best way to help the most amount of people. And in fact... Uh, the opposite of that, the socialism, communism, authoritarianism, all the badisms, that those are actually very dangerous and could lead to a lot of deaths and can lead to a a worse life for people that we don't know and people that we care about. And so we've taken it upon ourselves to make sure we focus on that. Why? You look at what happened in the Soviet Union and in China and in Germany and all these places where they decided that the government needed to control everything. Those are real things that actually happened. And so you got to remember why you would spend your time on this, going through these annoying political conversations and, and battling it out with Twitter bots, with commie bots on Twitter all the time. You know, why would you do that? Well, it's because we want to make sure that we create the best life possible for the most amount of people. For Charlie's kids, I'm not going to have any kids, but for Charlie's kids and my nieces and nephews and our parents and everyone. We you want them to have the best life. You have not been an uncle in a while. I've, to my kid. Not to your... I haven't even seen your kid in it's, a, a month or so. That's impressive. I know. You've just escaped your duties. I know. As a best friend uncle. I, I have. This is not fair. I've been uncling pretty know, hard with the other you kids. You also bring though. up a good point, Nate, because freedom, like liberty, needs protection. This idea of liberty is a very strange idea that it even came to this place, right? And that needs, uh, f- uh, you know, diligent, fervent protection. 
You know, as the old classic uh, based on historical and true events uh, documentary film, Team America, <laughs> you'll uh, you'll know that. I thought you were going to say Braveheart. That freedom isn't free. <laughs> but oh, Braveheart's in there, too. That's a great. You know, I almost got you this thing for Christmas. But that's I, not a documentary. I didn't. Team America. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I almost got you this thing for Christmas. You buy a square foot patch of land in Scotland. And oh, the, yeah, you become a lord. You become or a, lady. a lord or a lady in Scotland. And I was going to get it for From you. From this day, henceforth. <laughs> I read on the reviews there, like, yeah, this is total BS. No one's actually going to recognize this in Scotland. You know, the, this, is not, this is not real. But. Uh, I thought it was a great last-minute gift idea, and if you still haven't bought someone a Christmas present, maybe go on there and, yeah. and make them a lord in Scotland. That's a pretty good thing to bestow upon someone, is, is lordship. Then I would be, you can call me Lord Chuck on the podcast. And then you would, <laughs> and then you would be enough. Then I you know, been, could stop this I, awful search. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I finally made it. <laughs> After all this... Search in life. I finally made it. Lord Chuck. That's a great nickname, by the way. But From now on in the introductions, yeah. I am thou for thence, Lord Chuck. From here forth thou to I shall not be named that because that's uh, ridiculous. But it's the, it's the end of the year. I take stock in a lot of things at the end, not just stonks. I'm not taking stonk in a lot of things. Yeah. I take, I try to Look at the big picture at the end of the year. Do you just say do the same thing? Like, what did I do over the year? What do like I need year to do better? Review? Yeah, and and kind of like, what am I doing with my life? Is this the right way to go? It is. Fortunately, I decided that while I was in the car for for nineteen hours over the last week, and um, I, I've been thinking a lot about our system of government. It looks like everyone. It looks like it's really going off the rails right now. I don't really see any clear ideologies. I don't see that the Democratic Party actually is going to even enact socialism like everyone's scared of, because I don't think there's actually enough true principled socialists in the party. I don't think the Republican Party is really going to enact laissez-faire free market capitalism, because I don't, I don't, I really think that all those people in Congress are really just are out for themselves and the people that pay for their, their campaigns. And that's about it. As, aside from a, a small few of them. So uh, have you have you kind of got that same thing with what's been going on with the, the stimuli and the election and all that kind of stuff? Do you see any principles coming out of is Washington, D.C., where you go to find your principles? Well, first, of all, I want to answer your first question. Do I take stock? Like, do I look back at the year? And I probably should more often. I should, you know, take a year end review and be like, OK, what did I accomplish this year? What can I do better? But, you know, I, I feel that way every day because I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. Um, you know, I'm just a big hairless winning machine. And so, so, so I really don't need to take a year in review, but I probably should. Though. Yeah, I probably should. But pretty much every day I'm just like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> I'm I, doing it right. I just, I, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And so you don't have to do the big one at the end of the no, year because you already do it every day. Okay. All right. I gotcha. No, I really should though. We should, well, as a, you know, as a business and in life in general, for friendship, all kinds of things, you should look back on the previous year and be like, okay, what can I make a 10, 10% increase next year, mm -hmm. you know, and just be 10% better next year. Just do 1% every day and compounded. That's going to be what, like 500% at the end of the year after it compounds compounding, every year, 
Compounded, no. 1% a day compounded would be like 50,000%. I don't know what it actually is. You guys do the math and let us know. I just think that it's... um, I've been trying to think about socialism and capitalism. They've been trending on Twitter over the last couple days. And, you know, you you see the socialists all talking about how socialism's never actually been tried or it hasn't been enacted properly. And then, honestly, we have to be completely honest because what we'll also say is, well, you can't you can't look at right now and say that it's the fault of capitalism because we don't have capitalism. And honestly, what we're saying is the same thing that the socialists say about socialism. It is. It's that's not real capitalism. And the difference is we're right. (laughs) (laughs) That's the difference. That's the big difference. (laughs) But what I've been wondering is, can any of them actually be implemented? Like, will we ever actually have a free market would that ever happen with with a government at the same time? Are you going to have a government and be able to have a free market? I don't. Or, think, are I, the, I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, I don't either. Well, here's why: because we're all humans, and who's in government? Humans. Yeah. So it's imperfect people organizing society for us. And but 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 you know the the to answer your second question is is I agree. I most of government, most of people in government. They're in it for themselves. Mm-hmm. It is a massive cash cow. And if you can be in the family business of politics, my God, <laughs> you can set your kids up forever. That's a good family business. It, I'm not joking. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's very it's a very lucrative career. Um, for the most part, it's very tough to beat an incumbent. So once you once you get in, you're kind of in. Mm-hmm. And then you can serve 30, 40, 50 years like, you know, cocaine Mitch and some of these <laughs> other people that have been in government forever. Um, you know, with their public service. Thank you for your public service. Yeah. And you, you, you do the things necessary to keep getting into office because that's how you keep padding your pockets. And you know what? Good for them. I'm not mad when people make money. <laughs> I, I, I do get upset when you, when you extort people to do it, but, you, but you know, at the same time, it's like, how can you be upset that some people found the path to massive success? And so, but, but the, but the issue we run into is I don't think politicians ever, they do what they do, what sounds and feels good to the point of, is this going to boost my poll, my poll rating? Can I get reelected? Can I get reelected? Can I keep my job? Can I keep the money coming in? And that's essentially what they do. They just, they go along. And we're, you know, we're, we're going to talk about it right here in this, you know, $2,000 stimulus checks that the, the interesting part of this, both senators that are running for reelection in Georgia, by the way, for this runoff coming up, mm-hmm. um, both of them, including the Republican, um, uh, they want, they, they're in support of the $2,000 stimulus check. Yeah. Which bo- both David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler are in support of this. And they are also running a strong campaign against socialism at the same time. Yeah. They're running to fight to stop socialism. Right. And And they're in support of raising the money. Why? Because the majority of people will want that. Which to me, how is that not bribery? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. It's got to be some quite a kind of quid pro quo. And if it's not quid, it must be quad pro quo. It's a quad pro quo, which is a more higher advanced term in Latin, and I won't bore you guys with it right now, but I, I'm just trying to figure out what we can actually do, uh, take things to the logical conclusion, because I think we'll always have a government. I don't think that's going to not happen. Um, I think that we need 
a I think we need that government body for the protection, the national defense, and that's almost the only thing <clears throat> I really care about having a go it's I think that it is a good idea for the states to come together and form one military that can protect the entire uh, soil of the of the United States. And other than that, I don't have a lot of things that I think the federal government should do other than protect your rights that you were born with, but not try to create a whole bunch of uh, positive rights where you have to take rights from other people to, to give yeah. them. So I, well, I what we do is this. What we do is not let the ideas burn out. Right. It's mm -hmm. our job to keep the idea of liberty alive. It's our it's our job. It's freedom of speech is what it is. It's the it's the right to speak about these ideas. And in large part, if you look at history, not in large part, in its entirety, the, the freer the society is, the more prosperous and the better it does. I mean, you just look at Hong Kong versus China, for example, you know, and now China's doing well, obviously, because it became economically free. It's it's getting Weird. there. So yeah. if you look at history, if you look at societies in general across all kinds of ethnicities and races, the freer the society can be, the more prosperous and better life is for everyone involved. And so we can't let these ideas burn out, essentially. We have to keep talking about them. We have to keep pushing for liberty-minded policies. Even if it seems like we are defeated, we have to be the loud minority. So you, you think we need a government, right? You're not anarchist? I'm not completely anarchist yet, but I mean, it wouldn't take much to convince me, probably. <laughs> How do you think we'll have a government and not let it get to what it is right now? Like, I think that's the problem where anarchists take things that are logical conclusion. They say, well, we can't have a government because this is what having a small government looks like. It looks like this a couple hundred years later. Yeah. And and so I think that's why they, why they land on that. We just can't have it. And I, the only thing I can come up with for the people who think that we do still need to have a government is uh, you've got to, it's up to the people to make sure that that doesn't happen. I think you've got to make sure the government has nothing to do with education whatsoever. And I think you've got to make sure that people stay educated and they have these ideas in front of them because it really is up to the people. They're the ones who elect the people that go in to power. Uh, it's really up to the people to make sure that the government never, never becomes that. Uh, and I, I've just been thinking a lot lately about what my base core ideology is. I've been considering whether or not it's it's an anarcho-capitalist or if it's a minarchist. Is that what they call kind of where where we land? Probably. I'm not good on all my different forms of government names. Yeah. So maybe I'm, that's where we land. But I don't. You know, I don't really like to be boxed in. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So whatever that is. Yeah. I, I, I'm not I'm not part of the ist crowd. So put Charlie in the box of all those people who don't like to be boxed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes of, to stay right inside yeah. of that box. I'm in that I'm in that crowd. <laughs> all right. Tell me about cocaine, Mitch, real quick. Um, well, just to wrap that up yeah. real quick, I, you know, it, it's very difficult, but I always refer back to again history. Um, you know, the old the old uh, Declaration of Independence. You know, mm -hmm. the the I believe it's in the preamble, right? The first paragraph. Um, preamble of the Constitution? No, the Declaration. Or the Declaration. Yeah. Okay. Declaration has a preamble too, I think. Um, and where he talks about that governments are instituted, uh, well, to secure these rights, mm -hmm. governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Mm -hmm. And so my thing is, is how, how do you protect 
rights if you don't have a government. So if someone, let's say we are anarchists and someone trespasses on your property and sets it ablaze, what's, where's the justice? How is do there you a system people? of adjudication for that? Exactly. And what is that? <clears throat> yeah. Are, are you going to elect townspeople? Is that not a government? Is it truly up to everyone to protect themselves? And if you don't protect yourself, then mm. you're screwed? Yeah. Is that what it you're is? SOL. And do you have the right to do the protection for someone else? Could you and some other people band together and say that you're going to protect everyone in your community? Because now you're the local police. <laughs> that's that's really that's really what you are. You're yeah. you're forming the small government at that time. So I don't know. I, I've just been trying to figure out exactly. You got to take. You have to have a proper aim, so you know where to head. If you don't have a proper aim, then where where are you going? You know. But then also, I mean, if you have a system, the system's going to be abused, and you know that's the thing. This is what Milton Friedman always talked about too, um, which I liked was that we you know we don't have angels to organize society for us. So there's going to be imperfections. It's always going to happen. There is no utopia, by the way, folks, there's no utopia. This is why personal responsibility is so important because you have to take it upon yourself to do the most that you can to provide the best life for you and your family, despite the circumstances and the rules and everything else that go that are going on around you. Now, of course, I always say there's a, I have a line in the concrete (laughs) <laughs> because in the sand, a line in the sand can move. Yeah. I don't like that metaphor. It's just whoever came up with that, probably Mitch, not great. But a line in the concrete where there are some things that I will never um, give up. There's there's some parts of the system that can be created where I will no longer comply or find a way around, so to speak. And if they I try don't... to take that lake you have right there, yes. it's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. No. No. Because, you know, losing my life defending that is better than ending up in whoever, a camp. Whoever comes to get it's going to drown in the lake. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Lots of lake drownings yeah. so far. But anyway, all right. Y'all heard about this old stimulus now. I mean, good God. What a way to stimulate the economy. Just borrow money from your great-great-grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. We've done past your great-grandchildren. I'm going to borrow money. From your great-great-grandchildren. Sucks to be them. Good thing we'll never meet them. <laughs> Maybe we will, depending on advances in medical science. I mean, yeah. There's no reason to think that we can't live to be 200, maybe 250. That's a long time, by the yeah. way. I don't think I want to live that long. So Trump did this whole thing where he said, we got to have $2,000. Yeah, we talked about that yesterday. Got to have 2000 Right. And it went through the House. The House actually voted to amend and, and, and raise it up to $2,000. Yeah, and it passed. Yeah. And so now the the Senate needs unanimous consent. And if they don't have that, then they're going to need the 60 votes. They're going to need a supermajority. So this is coming from Axios. McConnell blocks Democrats' attempt to unanimously pass $2,000 stimulus checks. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell on Tuesday blocked Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. That guy's still in office too, huh? I know. Blocked his effort to unanimously pass a House standalone measure that would boost the size of the stimulus checks from $600 to $2,000 per person. That made less than $75,000 last year. <laughs> if you lost your job and you made $76,000, you're screwed. Yeah. And I guess you can get the unemployment at $300 bucks yeah. a week. Mm-hmm. You're just not going to get that, that life-changing mm-hmm. $600. Why it matters. President Trump has demanded that the payments be increased, creating a rift between him and Senate GOP leadership ahead of a crucial runoff election in Georgia that will determine control of the chamber. 
the state of play. The House voted 275 to 134 to pass 2,000 direct payments bill on Tuesday with 44 Republicans, 44 conservatives, joining the majority of Democrats. Senators Kelly Loeffler of Georgia and David Perdue, the two senators running for re-election, I mentioned this earlier, both came out in support of the $2,000 checks earlier on Tuesday. I wonder why. Mm. Republican Senators Josh Haley, Holly, Marco Rubio, and Lindsey Graham, God, I hate that guy, have also publicly said that they will support the measure. Of course they will, because they're not actually Republicans. <laughs> Twelve Republicans in total are needed to reach the 60-vote threshold to pass the bill if all Senate Democrats vote in favor as expected. Well, they might be Republicans, but they're not conservatives. Exactly. Now here, this is what I was telling Nate before is, and we've talked about this before, but why stop at 2000? Mm-hmm. Like it, why don't we just give everyone a hundred thousand dollars better yet? I came up with this idea and maybe it's not, maybe it's not a terrible yeah, idea. This could be life changing right here. How about <clears throat> if you're not a millionaire, if your net worth is not a millionaire or above, Everyone gets a million dollars and we get rid of social security. We get rid of Medicare. We get rid of welfare programs. We get rid of all of that. And let's say all of that costs about $3 trillion a year. That's pretty close between Medicare, social security, welfare programs, all the aid that, you know, student loan aid, all that stuff that's handed out. Um, that, that amounts for probably about 3 trillion of the government. Then we have a trillion that we spend on military. And then there, that leaves another 500 million or 500 billion to a trillion that we spend. Cause we spend now, well, I mean, last year we, or this year we spent so much. Yeah. Like eight, eight, nine eight trillion, trillion, something like but that. But on average we were spending like 4.2, 4.5 trillion, something like that. So let's say it's 3 trillion. Cause that it's going to cost us about $150 trillion to give everybody a million. Um, but then that would take 50 <laughs> years to pay back. Is this we, an actual policy proposal that you, the more I talk need... about it, the better it sounds because then <laughs> Then you know what else this does? What else this does is this gets rid of all the excuses. There's mm-hmm. no more privilege. There's no more starting ahead. This person got more than I did. There's no nothing. Everybody has a million dollars. And then in 10 years, when we still have the same amount of homeless people, <laughs> then that can become their fault. And we can all agree mm. that it's their fault. Yeah. We all started with a million. It's it's also honestly we owe currently you know our unfunded liabilities are 220 250 trillion dollars something like that. This would actually be a cheaper buyout for for those unfunded liabilities. Right. Yeah. So we might as well take on the 150 trillion in debt. Go ahead and get it over with. Jeff wants to know why we're stopping at a million. Why such a low figure? Yeah, exactly. Maybe a billion. And well, that's the problem is you got to says keep, I'm about to get elected. Yeah. <laughs> you got to keep it below uh what our unfunded liabilities are. And this is to me, I'm listen, I don't actually, Also taxes are going to go down. We, we can't do this to our currency. Taxes will go down taxes. because ain't no one going to vote for a wealth tax or no. a tax on the rich exactly. anymore. No one will. So they'll get rid of the taxation almost entirely. And uh, this, to me, is a buyout. This is the U.S. government saying, listen, if we give you this money right now, can we just stop? Can, we're tired. We want to go yeah. home. We're done. This is the uh, the debt payoff <clears throat> program. Yeah. <laughs> and so it'll take, you know, on let's say you average $3 trillion because they're going to have to keep the revenue coming in at least a little bit. So let's say you average $3 trillion that you can pay back towards this. That'll take 50 years. Yeah. 50 years to pay back. That's it. And then, I mean, why pay it back? Why not just print more to pay it back? 
Well, no, then you're then you're at ground zero. <laughs> they get that gets rid of all the excuses. Everyone, there's no more privilege. We we paid off the the reparations. Everything's done. Yeah, everything's done. Everybody gets a million. It's it's a um, ridiculous proposal, but I'll consider it. Uh, I the, don't, the group is saying Lord Chuck 2024. Yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> the number one thing you can do with your million dollars is go short on the U.S. dollar. I think that that is the the first thing you need to do is take the million dollars and and go short on on the dollar. Okay, and then you'll make a whole lot of money, and then you'll be still there'll be an evil one percent at that time because everyone's going to have a million and they'll still be in the bottom 20% <laughs> because all the other people who are already richer, they'll still be a bottom 20%, you know, in that quintile. And then there'll be a, uh, there'll be the top 1% that we're all mad about. We'll still be mad at Jeff Bezos uh, because the price of everything is going to go up uh, significantly. Well, quite no, a bit. We've never tried this before. No, oh, okay. I can't believe you're you right. say something like you're that. You're right. You're right. Why not try it? Why but, not try it? But, well, I mean, you guys get my point. <laughs> my point of this is it's, it's just ridiculous. The whole stimulus is ridiculous. And, of course, a lot of people are like, oh, man, I could do a lot with $2,000. I mean, you're excited about it. I actually, to, you, to be totally honest. So excited, aren't you? I'm actually a little excited if we get $2,000. i am going to buy myself an IWI uh, Tavor X95, I believe is what I'm going to get. A uh, real nice Real nice piece of equipment. Now that one has a level on it. <laughs> it's gonna, to make it sure goes, you go straight up and down. Up. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. It's the one that can go straight up and down for sure. Comes equipped so, with a level. If we get the uh, if we get if we get the two thousand dollar stimulus, I'm immediately gonna buy myself a nice nice piece of defense equipment. You know what I for get for sure? What? Nothing, because you made too much money. I made too much money yeah. last year. You could have lost all your contracts and everything, and you still mm -hmm. wouldn't get any of that stimulus. We actually lost half of our contracts for two months yeah. this year. Yeah, I remember uh, that was a tough month for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real tough. And uh, but luckily, you know, we were able to build it back up. But and uh, I've been real busy the last couple months. But yeah, to make up for all that, but. I mean, that's the, just this kind of the way it goes. But then still, even though that I lost, you know, the business lost half of its income, essentially, for a couple months, well, we get nothing. Mm -mm. Nothing, 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 <clears throat> nothing. Although I did, I did get, I can't say that, because I did get um, part of the, part of the loan. Yeah. Um, was it the paycheck protection program? Hopefully it's forgiven. I don't know if it will be or not. Yeah. We'll find out. Gotta make I, sure I you keep paying the same amount of money. I was reading an article recently that said something about getting slapped with a big tax bill. So we'll see. I did hear about that. What happens when I send this over to my accountant? So who knows? <laughs> but anyway, um, what to watch? Continuing on. Senator Bernie Sanders has pledged to delay. Why don't we go a billion dollars? I think it should be a billion. Yes. And yeah. that way everyone is now in the billionaire class. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So if your net worth is less than a billion, then you get a billion. You're immediately hated by Bernie Sanders. Well, not anymore, because he'd be He'll a billionaire, be, yeah. too. Because now, now he's got to argue against trillionaires, which none exist yet. Yeah. So then we'll be fine. There will after that, though. Because when everyone gets their billion dollars and they don't make their own stuff, they're just going to give all that money to the people who produce things. You're talking nonsense, so, Nate. I know. Everybody's going to have a billion. So everybody gets to buy their own <laughs> mansion. Okay? Anyway... <laughs> Senator Bernie Sanders has pledged to delay the Senate's plans to override Trump's veto of a crucial defense spending package unless McConnell holds a full recorded vote on the direct payments measure, keeping the Senate in session during the holiday week and disrupting Loeffler and Purdue's campaign plans. 
oh no, we have to work during the holiday week. What they're saying, a vast majority of the public, Republican and Democrat, strongly support $2,000 checks. An overwhelming bipartisan majority in the House supports $2,000 checks. Senate Democrats strongly support $2,000 checks. Even President Trump supports $2,000 checks, Schumer said on the Senate floor. There is one question left today. Do Senate Republicans join the rest of America in supporting $2,000 checks? He continued, quote, now some of my Republican colleagues have said they support the checks, but there is a major difference in saying you support $2,000 checks and fighting to put them into law. The House bill is the only way, is the only way, the only way to deliver these stimulus checks before the end of the session. Jesus. So one interesting. Look, if you, this is literally is manipulation. Like, look, you're not with us, man. Yeah. Everyone else agrees. This is a good thing. This actually becomes, if you don't vote for this, then you're taking $2,000 from someone. Right. Actually. Because now some, they're still owed it somehow. They already, mm-hmm. it's like they own the 2000 and you've taken it from them. Yes. It's a, it's a 2000 you removed. Now the government actually, there is a good case for saying that the government has removed $2,000 from a lot of people. That's actually fairly accurate. Uh, the interesting conversation I've seen on Twitter over the last few days as Trump started talking about 2000 is how quick so many Republicans switched over the being okay with $2,000 checks after Trump said that he wanted to have $2,000 checks. And of course, everyone's saying automatically because, because Trump, you know, Lord Trump said that he wanted $2,000 checks. Well, this isn't socialism anymore. Republicans are supposed to be fighting against socialism and conservatives are supposed to be fighting against socialism, I guess, but they're okay with these $2,000 checks. I was going to ask everyone in the group, uh, is this $2,000 potential check? Is the $600 check? Is that socialism? Is that what it is? I don't agree with the stimulus whatsoever. I can't, no matter what the situation is, I cannot make a valid argument that says I should take money from Charlie's grandchildren to help out people right now. I can't do that. I can't forcefully take money away from them to help out people right now, no matter how bad everything has gotten. I can't make the argument to do that. And I, and I will never be okay with, with doing that. That's why I'm going to donate my money to a defense device manufacturer because I think they deserve it more than I do. And I don't want to keep it. You know, I just don't want to keep the money. So what do, what do you guys think about this? Let me know. Uh, let me see. I'm going to read some of the comments here. <clears throat> yeah, so it it is, you know, as far as socialism goes, it's not exactly socialism uh, because we're not taking, we have this argument all the time. Is this actually socialism? Is that worker ownership of the means of production or government ownership means of production? Are we going communism, stuff like that? Um, are we taking away private property? I think it's, I think we're a lot closer to all of the bad isms than than we all think. I think we're um, we're taking ownership of these things, but we're not calling it ownership. I don't know what else you call it when you get to take profits from a company and uh, you get to do that forcefully as if it's owed to you in some kind of a way that you get to take the profits from it uh, and control them and tell them what they can and can't do. Well, it's fascism is what it is. It's still, it's still fascism, really, because we allow the private ownership. Um, so th- I still think that this is a form of socialism. I, I think that we have private ownership, but we don't have private control 
And we have people who can just take portions of the company's earnings without the company's permission. It seems like they're owners in some kind of a way, whoever can take that money without permission. And uh, in fact, some owners don't get to take money from the companies. It's, it's really weird. If a company loses money in a year, they might not, the government might not give them money. But uh, if they make money, then the government sure as hell going to take it from them. Mm-hmm. So we've got a really perverse form of socialism slash fascism right now that's going on. And it, I'm not okay with the checks. I'm, I'm not okay with them. I talked about well, this. Well, because we don't have any money. Yeah, there's no money. There is no 2000 There's not even $2,000 for one person. <laughs> there's not. <laughs> like that, the government doesn't have that. <laughs> the government can't pay one person. <laughs> they can't. Without stealing it. It doesn't exist, <laughs> folks. Yeah. Okay? They don't have two thousand. They don't have a dollar. They have negative $26 trillion. Yeah. That's what they have. Probably more than that, actually. Um, yeah. And negative I, 30. You know, I talked about this in the episode I released on Wednesday or Thursday last week. Um, I know the argument that if you pay taxes, then this is like getting your tax money back. $27.5 trillion in debt. Yeah, that this is like getting your tax money back. The problem is it really isn't because your tax money is gone. Your tax money goes to pay for all the bad decisions that your parents and grandparents let the government make. And that's where your tax money goes. The money that we're taking right now is coming from your kids and your grandkids' paychecks. The money that came out of your paycheck is not in a government account that's going to get sent back to you. It's gone. And our, the money that it's getting sent back now is is going to be taken from our future generation's paychecks. So that, that's how... That is how this Ponzi scheme works that the government has going on. If you want to throw up in your mouth, go check out <laughs> the usdebtclock.org. My God. Oh, yeah, it's bad. Our debt to GDP right now is 128.91%. That's not good. It's not good. No. They have the U.S. federal spending official, which is $6.7 trillion, which gives us a $3.2 trillion deficit. And they have the U.S. federal spending actual numbers, <clears throat> which is $7.8 trillion. And 4.3 trillion deficit. So there you have it, folks. Debt per taxpayer. Debt per taxpayer. Two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. All right, is what y'all owe. So bottom line, I think our our bullet points from this is the government ain't got no money. Mm-mm. They don't have any. It doesn't matter if it's six six hundred dollar check, a two thousand dollar check, or a million dollar check, like the extreme example that we were trying to talk about at the beginning. It doesn't have any of the money, and either it matters that they don't have the money and that they're going to have to print money or borrow money or take it from your kids later on, or it doesn't matter. And if it doesn't matter that they're going to do that, then why stop at 2000? There would be no reason to stop there. You might as well. So, so in saying that we can't do a million, then people are admitting that it does matter to a point. Is anyone talking about what that financial point is? Or are we just making emotional arguments? Not us, not you guys, but people in the media making emotional arguments about how we should do the $2,000 for people. So, Anyhow, I'm going to move on to the next one. This is from a executive order, an executive order from Trump, I believe, yesterday. Trump has opened up federal dollars for private school vouchers amid the pandemic. President Donald Trump on Monday signed an executive order allowing states to use their share of money from a federal anti-poverty program to provide vouchers to help disadvantaged families pay for private school tuition, homeschooling, and other educational expenses during the pandemic. So the main gist of this is, if your school is shut down, then the federal block grant money that they already allocate to the states after stealing it from the states, 
that they that they allocate back to the states that you as a parent would be able to get that money and be able to pay for a private school for your kid. This is going to make public school people go nuts. I'm sure they're not liking this whatsoever because they like that monopoly that's going on right now. The White House said that the order would give states new flexibility in how they use federal block grant programs to provide money for a wide range of community services designed to alleviate poverty and help low-income Americans. It will provide certain disadvantaged children with emergency K-12 scholarships to access in-person learning opportunities. The order opens up federal money provided to states under a community... That is an oxymoron if I've ever heard of one before. Federal money provided to states. (laughs) The order opens up federal money provided to states under a community services block grant program, a roughly $700 million a year program administered by the Department of Health and Human Services to pay for private school tuition, homeschooling, micro-schooling, learning pod expenses, special education services, or tutoring. The executive action helps to advance the Trump administration's school choice agenda in its waning days in office. Politico reported in November that the executive action was among a flurry of moves that the White House has planned for its final weeks, even as Trump refuses to concede the election to President-elect Joe Biden. Charlie, what do you think about this? Do you think... There's a there's one problem here where like okay it's federal money going to private schools, right? So there's an issue there. Yeah, I mean this is tough it, because the I can see a positive side, which is um, they've already stolen the money from you, so they're giving it back to where at least you could use it at your discretion. The money's gone though. Remember the last argument? That is true. <laughs> the money is already gone. Yeah, but the, at least you have a you went from not having a choice to having a choice, so that makes me feel. I feel as if now there's a more freedom than I had before. Yeah. So it feels like a step in the right direction. Um, but the main problem is I don't think the the Department of Education should exist. Yeah. That's, or they the Department of Health, Health and Human Services. Yeah, or uh, They shouldn't any, any have these. this money to dole out. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that's what makes it tough. But I think if you're going to give me the choice between um, – Having this and not having this, I'm going to go for having it. That that would be my. Yeah. We're going to put a gun to my head and say, um, a loaded gun because you've just put an empty gun. So it matter. <laughs> you put a loaded gun to my head, and said, if you're going to, you want to do this or that. Yeah. I'm going to say that. I'm going to do that. So, when talking about this, because it's difficult as a libertarian to talk about these things, uh, because our answer is what Charlie said which is we just, this money shouldn't be going out in the first place because this is stolen money. It's well, it shouldn't, being, be, shouldn't have been taken. Yeah, shouldn't have been taken. And so therefore it wouldn't be going out anywhere. And that's our actual answer. Um, with the stimulus, we have to argue, we argue against the stimulus because this is a new program that's being created right now. This one's a little different with me because this is a program that exists and the money's going to go out, Okay. And so once we get to the stimulus, I make that argument, well, we we have to take our money, that we have to take the money they're going to send to us. It's not as if we don't take it. They're going to divide the money back out to the taxpayers proportionately to how many how much taxes they paid in or anything. The money's going to go out somewhere. And so now with this with this situation, we're at money that's going out. So instead of arguing that the money shouldn't exist, the money shouldn't have been taken, which is our number one position on this. Okay, don't get anyone wrong. 
the money shouldn't exist. They should not have stolen it from anyone. They should have nothing to do with education whatsoever. But they do, and they did. But they do. So let's talk about if you were going to allocate stolen money, what would be the best way to do that? <laughs> and that's the way that you have to get into it now. That feels nasty. It does feel bad to even talk about it. Yeah. It does. But if I was going to allocate stolen money, I do think that getting toward, getting the school choice... Um, Basically, whatever amount of money the federal government is paying towards education for students, I think you should be able to take that money and either go to a public school or a private school or wherever you want. I, I, I think because, that should be the case. And this introduces competition, which, which public schools lack. Yeah. They lack legitimate competition. And that what does that do? That makes education better. People somehow get to the argument that public schools' problem is that they don't have enough money. Right. That's not it. At all, that's it's not. They don't know how to allocate their money properly. The budget that's goes the problem. They even say that well, they decreased the but no, they didn't. They decreased the amount it was supposed to increase by. That's right. that's all that, that that's what they actually do with the budget. It it never really goes down. The like we were going to give you an extra million dollars, but instead we're only going to give you an extra five hundred thousand. Yeah, and somehow that's a budget decrease. That's a decrease. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that's what Wes it, is saying that schools are in trouble. I talked to some pretty high ups at a major public school district. The online component has driven operation costs way up and income taxes collected are way down. And, you know, I'm not saying that's not true, but what I'm saying is, is that's, that's not the fault of anything else, but poor mismanagement. Yeah. Because and I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I know for a fact that my old, um, you know, superintendent of schools at my high school uh, that I went to really small town. I, gra I graduated with 59 people. Okay. That's <laughs> how small my high school class was. I think yours was like 70, 88, 88. Yeah. Wow. So my class was really yeah. small compared to y'all's. Um, but we had like most classes are less than a hundred people at that school. Still really small town. Um, so we had like, I would say 400 kids tops in our high school. Mm -hmm. And we had a superintendent, for that, just that high school. Like it wasn't a superintendent for the county or anything else like that. <laughs> and she somehow, and this is all public information, by the way, you can go look it up. She somehow, before she retired, voted in to her retirement package, like a, I don't remember, it was like a four or five or 6% increase to her retirement every single year. And she retired with a six figure salary. Retired. Yes. With a six-figure salary. Yes. At a school that had less than 400 people. Yes, indefinitely. That's yeah. some public service there. Yeah. In a town, you could live like a king if you made $40,000 a year. Now, a private school is not going to make that mistake. Exactly. They're, they're not because they have to make money or they're going to go out of business. They'll, they'll be gone. They got to make money. So they make better decisions. And I can't... I feel bad that schools are struggling... But it doesn't mean that I want to punish students and make them not go to school because of that. I, I think that the government is allocating an amount of money per student, basically, and I don't see any reason why you shouldn't have any choice to go to the school that you want to go to. Whether it hurts the public school or not, the public school is going to have to learn how to do a better job. They're just going to have to. Yeah. They're going to have to stop wasting money. They're going to have to stop it with the massive administrations. And all of those costs, they're going to have to stop it with things like what you were just talking about with uh, with our superintendent. 
they're going to have to learn the things that the private schools have to do to stay in business. And they're not incentivized to do that because they just get money thrown at them all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, to me, our first worry has got to be with whether or not kids are getting an education and what is the best way for kids to get an education. And right now, to me, it's not this learning from home thing that, that some of the public schools are, are trying to do. I think if there is a private school in your area, I, I think that you should go to that. And you should at least, if they're not going to allocate new money for you to go do that, or if they're not new money, but if they're not going to take the money that they would pay to public school, then you should at least not have to pay any taxes towards the public school if you're not going to be using the public school and, and you're going somewhere else. That that would be the, the best way to do it. It's just you don't have money from taken from you to go towards a school that you're not going to use. And then you can have some more money freed up. Your parents can uh, to pay for you to go to a private school if, if you wanted to do that. And look, the average private school tuition, this is coming from privateschoolreview.com. This is nationwide, by the way. Um, the average for, for elementary and high school is $11,000 per year. And you know what the average that the United States government pays per student nationwide? It's 13. like $14,000. So public schools are getting $4,000 or $3,000 more per student per year than private schools are. And worse education. And worse education. Somehow the private schools are able to do it. Yeah. How? How is it possible? You have to ask yourself that question. How is that possible? Now, of course, there are, I mean, there, you know, here in Tennessee, of course, in Williamson County, which Williamson County is one of the richest counties in the nation and makes a top 10 list, I believe, on Forbes. Um you know, they're like, I believe Brentwood Academy is like $30,000 a year or something like that. Um, but you have people that make millions of dollars that can afford that. And so you do have private schools that are a lot nicer and you have some private schools that aren't so nice, um, that are a little bit cheaper, but the average, I'm just taking the mean here, $11,000 per year. The, the government gives more money per student per year to public education. And even it says, it's if they split these out, elementary school average is 9,944 private high school average is 14,821. So even if let's say it's the same amount of money, why are private schools so much better? Why are people more prepared education wise in private schools than they are in public schools? Cause they have to be because they have to be. Otherwise they go out of business and we're in public schools that there's no incentive. They don't care. They don't have to care because you're, you have to go there no matter what. Um, if you don't have the money, that, or if you don't want to spend the money on private school. And so there, that right there alone should tell you what's going on with public school. It's not a lack of funds, folks. No. It's a lack of discipline. There's a difference in teachers not getting paid enough money and there being a lack of funds for public school, by the way. The, a, a lot of teachers say we don't have enough money. And that is an allocation of resources problem inside of the public school system as well. Because private schools pay their teachers more. <laughs> they, they, some of them do. Some of them yeah. don't. And, and, but then again, I mean, well, I, I'm going to get into a conversation that people wouldn't like very much. But if you, look at the, uh, if you look at the amount of days that a teacher works every single year, um, they get paid pretty well. They, <clears throat> they actually do. Mm -hmm. um, the, the salary for a teacher is actually really good considering the fact that you get you know, two full months off every single year and you get every single holiday. You get like and 10, 10 weeks of vacation. You get, you get all kinds of, yeah, you get your summers off. I mean, and you're still making a pretty comparable salary with a lot of other people um, that you get paid pretty well 
as far as a teacher goes. It's just not, um, it's not a lot of money because you don't work all year. And so that, I think that does need to be considered. But the administrations are too big at these schools. You have stuff just like the story that Charlie just told. That goes on all over the place in a public school system with the, has less than 400 kids I was looking at, in the system. I think it's open the books. You can look at all the, all the data of public salaries because it, it's all public. It's public information. There are some school administrators in Davidson County and Nashville that are making 400 grand a year. Yeah. 400 grand <laughs> at a school to be a public servant. Mm. Yeah. What a job. You know, I was, you know, as I drive around Nashville because, you know, we make, we make decent money and I drive around Nashville. I go play golf and I'm driving around and I look at all these houses and I'm like, you know, you see these new community comes up. They're like, you know, home starting in the low seven hundreds, <laughs> home starting in the low millions, homes like these, like normal communities. It looks like in the low eight hundreds. I'm like, who the hell's affording these houses? By golly, it's teachers. I, you you actually know you know some teachers and some administrators that that work that live in some pretty ridiculous houses. I'm just like what? That that's how. I picked the wrong field, folks. Politics or teaching? That's what you should have yep. went into. Yep. I'm kidding. A lot of teachers don't make much money, but there are some because you can go look. There are some who make a lot, mm-hmm. and then there's something wrong with that. Well, and there's the way the unions are set up, and you. You get paid for time served, not for the job that you actually do. Mm-hmm. So your your pay scale goes up as you as you whether or not you're ter- you're a terrible teacher, you get paid for time served, as I call it, and and I think that that is a terrible system as well. You should get paid based on the job that you do to incentivize you to do a better job. Because I know a lot of teachers who should not have been there anymore for sure, and they were just there soaking up a paycheck and. Anyway, the teachers unions, you guys have heard me tell stories about that before. Um, I've got some pretty, uh, I've got a pretty big beef with some teachers unions. And, uh, you know, my mom was a teacher for 23 years, 24 years, something like that. I'm no fan of teachers unions whatsoever. And it's really the unions that are driving this insane idea that letting kids have a choice of what school they go to is a bad thing. And I'm, I'm not going to let anyone, just like yesterday, I'm not going to let anyone have the moral high ground on it. People should be able to pick where they go to school. They should be able to pick whether or not they're going to have a good education or a bad education. It's your money that was stolen from you. It's it, You should be able to pick what kind of education you're going to get for your child. And I don't care if it hurts the school. Okay? They need to figure it out. I'm not going to let anyone else have the moral high ground on it. Mm. I'm not interested anymore, man. I like it. I'm just not. All right, man. Todd says that his average teacher salary in his school district is over 97000 Jeez. That's pretty decent. I think Todd asked, uh, was it Todd? Yeah. Todd asked, Tennessee does not have an income tax. How does the state collect revenue? Mm. We have one of the highest sales taxes. (laughs) That's how. Sales taxes. 9.5%. 9.75. Oh, it is? Yeah. In Davidson, like right around there? In Davidson, in Williamson County, um, 9.5 statewide. But Yeah. yeah, in different counties. It's nine point seven five, almost I, almost ten percent. I prefer that. I would much have rather that, have the sales. They tax. collect revenue there, gas taxes, property taxes, um, but it's mainly sales tax is where they get most of their revenue. So the bigger item you buy, the more taxes you pay. And you could just not buy anything, or you. You could... know how they stimulate the economy in Tennessee? <laughs> no sales tax weekends. Two two times a year, they have sales tax free weekends. <laughs> tax free weekends. 
Imagine that. How about that? So yeah, it's it's based off of that. Um, and I believe I believe schools are funded through property taxes. I believe, um, and some property taxes can be pretty high. Like for instance, in uh, in in Williamson County, if you live in Franklin City limits, you have a Franklin City property tax. Mm. On top of your Williamson County tax, which is pretty high already. Yeah. Um, now, granted, Tennessee property taxes are a lot better than places like Illinois. <laughs> Yes. Which is like 50% of your property value. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So you've a $100,000 home, you're paying $50,000 a year in property taxes. Yeah. Not quite that high, but pretty close. I told um, you the story about how my, my dad has this building in town that he paid. I mean, I don't even know what it, he might've paid like $20,000 for it. I don't even know if it was that much. And the property assessor decided it was worth like $110,000 or something like that. Yeah. And my dad was like, okay, where's the person willing to pay me $110,000? Right. Because I want to sell it right now and I can't sell it for 20. So how do you, how are you deciding that it's a hundred and whatever thousand dollars building? And what my dad was saying was the value of something is what someone else is willing to pay for it. Right. That's, that's what he was saying. It's not just some arbitrary value. If no one's willing to pay that, it's not worth that much. Right. That goes for labor too, by the way. Sorry. I don't care what you assess Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I don't care what your, the market did not say. Obviously what they were trying to do was raise more property taxes. Exactly. That's what they were right. trying to do by assessing the properties really high. Yes. So he did ask for another assessment and they lowered it down some. Because uh, he was like, I would love to sell it for half of that amount. <laughs> 205000 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, dude, I was going to... So on Wednesday, I, I told everyone about... Uh, by the way, everyone, get your votes in for Dumb Bleep of the Year. We're going to be doing Dumb Bleep of the Year on th Thursday. We're in round two of the voting. If you're in the Patreon group, you can vote for Dumb Bleep of the Year. So you can still join Patreon and you can go do that. But I was talking to everyone. You know how cool it is that a company like BetterHelp... And this... Yes, this is a BetterHelp ad, but there's important stuff behind it that's not just the ad for better help that they're willing to go ahead and put their name on this podcast i mean i don't know what they're this they they're not endorsing any of the things that we say but what i said on on my last episode was they are at least endorsing free speech that that's really all we know is that they're endorsing free speech and they're willing to put their name behind some of the crazy mess that we say on this podcast People who listen to us should consider that if they if you are having any kind of problems in your life. And everyone's got problems. Problems. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got problems. Everyone's got problems. And so if you're dealing with the anxiety or depression or relationship issues, anything like that, you got to go to betterhelp.com slash GML because they are willing to fund this part of this podcast by putting their name behind it and let us do advertising for them guys. And not only that, but it's an awesome app. Charlie's an awesome app. It is. It's fantastic. I use BetterHelp myself. Yeah. He legitimately uses BetterHelp. Mm -hmm. Actually, I, let me pull up the, for those watching live, I'll show you. Not only will I show tell them, you, about show them your conversations. It. No, I won't, I won't do that. <laughs> but not only will I tell you about it, but I'll show you about it. I'll, sh I'll show you about it. Hang on, let me pull it up to where you can't see anything because this is uh but well look here. Look, see? There's the app, there's the schedule. If you it's want to schedule. Awesome. And and when you when you go to schedule, it'll ask you what do you want? You want a chat? You want a phone? You want a video? Hmm. Isn't that pretty isn't that isn't that, isn't that special? Special. <laughs> and you got they have groupinars on here, worksheets. Um, and then you can literally text your counselor through the app 
and they'll respond back to you. So if you're having, like, let's say you have a trigger moment or something, you can be like, Hey, this, this is specifically what's happening. I needed to get it out. And it, it's absolutely fantastic. It, the cost is, um, better yeah. than going in person. Insanely better. And, Cause I've gone in person a bunch. Yes. And let me tell you what, that cost some, some fat cash right there. Yeah. And so it, it's cost effective for your mental health and you have to take care of your mental health and you might as well get a discount by signing up through our link. So yep. better help H E L P better com slash G M L for good morning. Liberty GML better com slash GML. Go get yourself signed up. Take care of your mental health. If there's one goal, let's say a resolution, are we going to do new year's resolutions? I, I will. You know, they're super, um, then you should mental health should be at the top of your list. They're cliche. New year's resolutions are, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, I think just naturally at this time of the year, I do anyway. You said you don't because you piss excellence every single day. Yeah, but I actually for, started eating healthier yesterday. Did you? Yeah. Nice. I'm not waiting for January. Yeah. You're going to do it for the rest of the year? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Yeah. You finish out the year. Strong. Real strong. Real strong. Yeah. So uh, we can talk about that. I've got some good ones for this podcast and some good ones for the trading class and for my trading in general. And um, by the way, speaking of the trading, you go to mastermystonks.com, mastermystonks.com. I think there's a promo code like save 20. I think save 20 will get you 20% off for two months right now. Save 20. We'll get you 20% off for two months. Go to mastermystonks.com. Over 250 videos on there explaining you. 250. 250 videos on there explaining you from you don't even know what the heck a stonk is yet, all the way to some of the advanced strategies that we're trading every day. We do go live every morning, analyze the market, and then stay live uh, for like another half an hour into the beginning of the market if you want to watch that. And we're trading some options. I had someone email me earlier today, said that they were up almost 100% on an option that I mentioned this morning during the live group. Um, And just so you guys know, that is not a guarantee of earnings for anyone that anyone is going to make at all. Okay, past results are not indicative of past whatever. <laughs> of future assignments. <laughs> yes, and and so you guys know the thing, all right? But if you want to go to mastermystonks.com, use the promo code, I think it's SAVE20, pretty sure. I will put it in the show notes. If you use SAVE20 that doesn't work, you'll know what it is. And just listen, you're start, you're about to start a new year. You might as well look into taking care of yourself financially taking care of your family financially, all right? You can you can save the day when it comes to any of the hardships that your family's going through when the the market collapses or when the, all the jobs collapse or we you know the floods happen and New York's underwater and and Florida's gone and the and all that stuff happens, you can still be sitting there trading stocks. <laughs> Hopefully New York the stock exchange is still working. But uh, you can save the day and have that and bring that income in. You can say, guys, it's okay. I don't care what pandemic we're in. I don't care about pandemic 2021. All right. I got stonks over here. Mm-hmm. So you can do that by going to mastermystonks.com or master my trades if you, know, yeah. you want to just trade. Yeah. But stonks, that's where it's at, man. Mastermystonks.com. Also, sign up for Patreon. A lot of you guys have been signing up lately. We really appreciate all of your support. You can now pay for the year by the way, which might be better. So you don't have to worry 15% about 15% discount, pay for 15% discount yep. to pay for the year. So go sign up patreon.com slash good morning, Liberty sign up for the year. You get a 15% discount on that, which is very nice. We've already had a few people do that. So patreon.com slash good morning, Liberty get in 
on the dumb bleep of the week every single week when we want to get in on the dumb bleep of the year because that playoff is running now and uh Nate's playoffs couple, essentially you got the brackets it's a playoffs playoffs okay that's making sure yeah we're, we're trying to decide what the dumb bleep <laughs> of the year is yeah so the brackets are there they're on uh, the the patreon facebook group so to be part of that you need to sign up patreon.com slash good morning liberty do it Leave us that rating and review on Apple iTunes. Not three stars like that one guy. Leave us five stars. <laughs> this episode for that guy is probably a one star tell episode. Us, tell us how much you yeah. love us because it, oh, it feels oh so good. You know, I need my ego stroked uh, all the time and I, you know, I appreciate it happening. So thank you <laughs> folks for doing that. And if you do all of that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning. Liberty. Liberty.